So there's a lot of things that are challenging about being a kid. But I think one of the most annoying things about being a child is, come with me and think back, when you're just trying to have fun, you're just playing around, right? Maybe you're wrestling your brother, and maybe you put your brother in a headlock, you know? Maybe he's crying a little bit, no big deal, and you're just having fun, connecting, bonding with your brother, and then your parents tell you to stop it. Now, that's a little annoying, but that's not the most annoying part. The annoying part is, you see, you don't really understand why your parent would want you to stop. You're trying to bond as they tell you to. So you politely, sincerely, and with zero sarcasm, you ask, oh, mother dearest, why? And this is the annoying part, their answer, because I said so. all been there. We've all been there. We've all heard that. And then those of us who later in life become parents, you've said it too, haven't you? You know you've said it. That first time you said it was a moment for sure, wasn't it? It's like, all right, kids, I need the day off now because I got I to gotta think about some things. Because <laughs> I said so. Because I said so. Often repeated by parents, but there's another one out there. There's another saying. Have any of you ever busted out the honor your father and mother. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? That's a power move. You're bringing in the Ten Commandments now. I mean, think about it. The only thing more powerful than because I said so is because God said so. That's the ultimate trump card. Now, do you either work in parenting? Not really. No, not in my experience. But we got to do something because there's a kid in a headlock parenting man. Parents, we all have them. We all have them. Now, like all the commandments, this fifth one, the fifth word, it asks a lot of us. So today in our series, as we've been going through the Ten Commandments, we hit that halfway mark. We're at number five. So let's read it together. It's found in God's true word, Exodus 20, verse 12. It will be on the screen for you. You are also invited to turn to it if you'd so like. Hear the word of the Lord now. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. The Ten Commandments are giving us instructions. It's an invitation. It's a command to live as a citizen of the kingdom. And this command, it's important to know, it's for all of us, not just those of us who don't buy their own groceries. You know what I'm saying? It's not just for the little tykes downstairs and in the nursery. It's for all of us. If you think about it, the primary audience to receive this first command were adult children. It applies to us all. And the key word in here is honor. Why don't you say honor? Honor, your honor. What does it look like to honor someone? This is in language we use a lot, honor. What does it look like to actually honor someone? The first thing is honor 
is a choice. Think about this. Unless you're in court when you have to talk to the judge and refer to him as your honor, it's a given. It's not, it's, it's something we give, we offer. It's not given based on something or that someone has done. It is based on us choosing to offer it. See, it is given. It is a choice. In that regard, it's a little different than respect. Now, respect is included within honoring someone, but respect is a little bit different. We can gain someone's respect or lose someone's respect based on what they do or say, right? You've all been there. You've lost respect for someone because they said or did something. You gained respect for someone because they did or said something. Now, we are all called to treat everyone respectfully, but that is different than having respect for someone. Do you see that difference? We can treat respectfully with those we don't respect, but honor is not earned. Honor is given. Honor is given. Honor is a gift that we give. Jesus, he, uh, he speaks of honor when he said that a prophet is without honor in his hometown. Now, in, in the original language this was written in, without honor is translated to mean to treat as common or ordinary. And then the word here, the original language in Hebrew for our command, honor means to value, to esteem highly, to treat as precious, to view it with a loftiness or a weightiness and as valuable. So from all that, we can say to honor someone is to lift them up in value and respect and to the highest esteem. Hear what John Calvin had to say about it. We should look up to those whom God has placed over us and should treat them with honor, obedience, and gratefulness. He goes on to say that this entails that we're forbidden to detract from their dignity either by contempt, by stubbornness, or by ungratefulness. Now, you and I have had different experiences being raised. We've all had different experiences with our parents. Some have had wonderful upbringing, some truly heart-wrenching and tragic experiences. See, parents are meant to love, to protect, to instruct, and discipline in a healthy way their children— but it's important from the get-go that we name that not all of us have experienced this. We can't control other people. We didn't choose our parents. We didn't choose if they were going to be godly, loving, compassionate, kind, or hurtful, distant, distracted, or abusive. Those who have suffered physical emotional or spiritual neglect or abuse at the hands of a parent may feel at a loss as to how this command can or should be met. But praise be to God, for even in this, as in all things, there is good news. Look at what the psalmist writes in Psalm 27. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. That is good news news. You have a father that though you may not see him, he has ever been at your side, and he loves you infinitely and will never forsake you. In him you matter enough that he went to the cross for you. May you find your identity not in anything else or anyone else 
but him. And when we look to Jesus, we can see how he deals gently with all of us. We can make the choice then to demonstrate the same unearned and abundant love by honoring our parents as best as we're able, as far as it is up to us. Knowing that Christ is with us and will never forsake us. We look to Jesus. As with all things in life, we look to Jesus. For showing honor to our parents demonstrates that love of Christ. It creates stronger bonds in our families. It can heal broken relationships. It can help grow us up as followers in him. It's a way God can make a way, as Jesus does. And what amazes me, what what amazes me about this is as we consider this commandment, is the fact that Jesus himself obeyed this command. Well, sure, he was sinless. We know that, so he obeyed the commands. We know that. But just, I mean, anyone's kid here like a know-it-all? Don't answer that. But you know, right? Your kid's kind of, I think every kid at some phase is a know-it-all. It's a part of our development, I think. Uh, Jesus really did know it all. He really did. And he still obeyed his parents. Jesus was perfect, and his parents were not. And yet Jesus still obeyed. Can you imagine this? Think about it. Jesus fulfilled this command to the fullest measure. Of course, we see him honor his heavenly father to no end, but also his earthly parents. Fascinating little tidbit of Jesus's development that we see in Luke 2. It talks of when, when Luke, you know, went, or excuse me, when Jesus Jesus, uh, well, this, this is what it says. This was after Jesus went to the temple. They couldn't find him, all that stuff. It says, he went down with them. That's Jesus went down with his parents, came to Nazareth, and was submissive to them, his parents. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. I love this for two reasons. First, Jesus shows us the right order of honor and submission First, he went to the temple because he needs to be about his father's business. That's our first order is honoring God. It's the first command, you can say, right, is to have no other gods before us. That even means our parents. We honor and submit to God first. But he shows us the right order because then we're to submit to our parents. And we see that present here. And I love that last half. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Well, yeah, she had a submissive and obedient son. That's the longing of every mom's heart. No wonder she treasured it up. But then look at it. On the bookends of his ministry, his first recorded miracle, you know what it is. He's at a wedding feast. And you know what happens. They run out of wine. And you maybe heard how Mary said, Jesus, take care of this. Fix it for them. And you remember Jesus' initial response, it's not my time. No. No but he doesn't actually say no, because what does he do? He does what his mom asked of him anyway. He submitted to his mom. He took care of it. And then on the other side, in the hour of Jesus' death, from upon the cross, we see Jesus honor his mother by tenderly entrusting his earthly mom, Mary, into the care of his spiritual brother, John. He honored his mother. Scripture doesn't show us a lot about his relationship with Joseph, but it's, we know who Jesus is and his character and what the Word says about him. He also would have honored his father all their days. 
And this command, it deals with this honor. As with all the commands, as with our very being, our longing, our call is to be like Jesus Christ. And today we're talking about honoring our parents as Jesus honored his. Like all the commandments, there is more here than meets the eye. Jen Jen Wilkins says this about this command. Christian parents train their children to submit to them so that their children will more readily learn to submit to other earthly authorities and ultimately to the highest authority, our Heavenly Father. A Christian parent trains her child to submit to her visible and temporary authority so that her child might one day submit to God's invisible and eternal authority. See, honoring our parents puts us in the proper posture to then honor God. It's that posture of submission, of of surrender we've seen and we have talked about. We see how that first command calls us to honor God by placing him first. And then in the second half of the commands, we see as we shift towards focus on how we interact with our neighbors, that it leads off with honoring our parents. It's the first step in honoring all who are above us and who go before us. This commandment, tied to that first commandment, it's the foundation upon which respect for elders and authorities is built. Honor God. Honor parents. We continue the theme. We honor our elders, those who are older than us. This is spoken of quite frequently within Scripture. We honor our bosses. We honor our teachers, all in authority over us. See, in this context, children learn what authority is. We begin to learn how to live a life of obedience. You've seen it before in a difficult home. If there has not been a good string and line of healthy authority modeled and raising up a child, and they haven't learned how to be obedient, it's very difficult in every other area of life for them to learn this. In the same way we are to recognize and abide by our heavenly authority, we're called to recognize and abide by earthly authority. God calls us explicitly to honor our parents. Because the family, after all, is the foundation of human society. It's established, in fact, before sin even entered the world, parents are to raise children up to glorify and serve the Lord. Said in Genesis 1, 26-28. That means the need to honor authorities is not a consequence of the fall. Rather, the command to obey those over us reflects the way in which God has ordered his universe. When we are able, when we follow and obey this command, it is to live better into how God created us to live. See, at the top is the creator. Under him are the authorities who are to obey him, such as mothers and fathers. Under the parents are children who must obey their fathers and mothers as they obey the Lord If sin had never entered creation, the structure would have remained intact and all would be well. But we see broken people giving birth to broken kids and to broken families and the command to honor our parents or our neighbor or anybody becomes a lot harder and murkier. So all this to say, because of our sinfulness, we're not naturally inclined to honor others. And yet God establishes the precedent And he gives us this life-giving word. 
For when we honor our parents, we honor God. And that in life is our ultimate goal, to honor him, to serve him, to bring him glory, honor, and praise. I've been learning as a parent of three kids that the life of a parent is one of complete sacrifice. Can I get an amen? I mean, that's what makes it so hard, right? Partly, we have to give up so much. It's, it's part of why many can't handle it. Parents, what are some of the things you've given up? Your time? Your money? Whew. Sleep? Sanity? <laughs> yep. <laughs> your schedule, your peace of mind, your pantry? You know what I'm talking about. Your clean house. Remember when your house was clean like two decades ago? Man. Maybe your hair? Hypothetically speaking. Life of a parent is one of complete sacrifice. To honor our parents is just a simple way to acknowledge our gratitude for the ways that they have sacrificed for us, loved us, provided for us. Now, we know that some parents got it right, some got it way wrong, most were somewhere in the middle of that. But we seek to honor our parents regardless, not because they are always deserving of it. We know this. But because of the position of authority that God has granted them. The name, the office of mom and dad carries with it a title of great significance, and so we seek to honor them. That's our command. Honoring our parents aligns us with God's proper order and way. But as in many things, we also find that in his design, we are deeply and richly blessed. Paul talks about this command in Ephesians, and he points out that this is the first command with a promise. You see it again here, honor your father and mother, that second half, so that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God is given you. Now, the promise here wasn't just like, honor your parents or you will live a short life. It's not really talking about that. Um, I also find it interesting. I didn't know that Spock stole live long and prosper from the Bible. You see this? Live long and prosper. There it is. Right? Is the thumb out or is it in? All right. I'm not a Trekkie, but power to you. Live long and prosper. Live long in the land your Lord, your God is given you. It implies like this idea of long life, or it could even mean if you don't live long, your parents might take you out, right? Another expression you've heard, I brought you into this world, and I sure can take you out. You know what I'm talking about. That's a, that has to deal with the sixth commandment, which we're dealing with next week. So if you found yourself saying that and kind of repeating that, please, please come next week. Please. <laughs> No, it, it's not talking about living long in terms of a lot of years here. People would die in the Old Testament. It is a stark warning to honor your parents. There's actually strong commands about that further in the Old Testament. But more so, this is a phrase, this promise is a phrase that speaks of experiencing abundant life. If you want to enjoy the fullness of blessings that God has for you in the promised land, you'll follow the path to life that he has laid out for you, which includes honoring your mom and your dad. And when we live in the right way as he has called us to live, we can experience 
blessing in the midst of it. See, honoring our parents, it teaches us how to submit and fall under authority, as we've discussed. If we cannot submit to our parents, how can we then to our teachers, to our bosses, to God? And as we do so, it helps form in us how to live obediently, how to be obedient. Life comes hard to those who struggle to obey. Even good intention, people who serve God, it comes hard for those who struggle to obey. Just look at Jonah. He struggled with obedience. God was gracious throughout. What else? It teaches us to love as Christ loves. Every one of us here has wronged God. Every one of us has sinned, and yet he loves us anyway. So I'm not discounting the pain that you may feel from your mom and dad. Not at all. You know your experience. What you feel is valid. What would it look like if we're able to somehow, somehow get to that audacious way to share the love of God to those people anyway? What could God do with that? I dare say he could. He could make a way. And then for some of us here today, perhaps our parents have passed. You might feel regrets, words left unsaid. You might have deep pains because they're gone and mom and dad are no longer here. You might feel that you didn't honor them well in this life. We know there's no change in the past and yet we can still honor the dead today. We can honor the dead today. We can honor them with our tears. We can honor them with a story shared. We can honor them by living out their legacy of love that they have given you. We can honor them yet today. And if your parent wasn't perfect and they have passed, we can mourn that, we can grieve that. We can work through that. But I'm willing to bet there's also someone in your life who stepped into the void to do what your parent wasn't able to do, to love you with the love of a parent, and we can honor them too. We can honor them too. Honoring doesn't just bless or those who do the honoring. Of course, it is a blessing to those we honor. Have you ever been honored? Have you ever been honored? It's... It's humbling. You don't feel like you deserve it because you don't. You don't feel like you earned it because you didn't. But it gives you worth. It makes all those sacrifices seem like it was worth it. It lets you see that God has done something with this and filled the gaps. When the parent is able to be blessed, it can speak unheard truths to them against the unfounded lies they've come to believe because I can tell you no parent feels like they get it right. And of course, we honor God when we honor our parents. So just wanted to give some practical ways we can do this. There's a lot of ways we can honor our parents. I wanted to give us just four to lock in on and let your mind go from there. You know your situation. You, you, you pay attention to the Spirit's prompting in your life. But the first is gratitude. I mean, seriously, is there much stronger words than that simple thank you from a kid to a parent? 
a heartfelt, sincere thank you? Gratitude. How else? Uh, cheerful obedience. Now, this shifts kind of throughout life stages because there is the biblical model. We always honor our parents, but as a man and a woman, as they get older, they're to, to marry, if that's in God's plan for you, and to leave your house. Now, as we get older and as we develop, we, we do leave our parents, so we still obey them, but the obedience of an adult child looks a little different than a child child, adolescent child. You know what I mean? But at the same time, we can still cheerfully obey our parents. Of course, presence and time, the greatest gift we all have to give our parents. What does mom want? She wants you to call her. It sounds like, it sounds like so simple, but she loves that. I've learned that. What does your dad want? He wants to hear that terrible joke so he can tell all his friends. You'll give him a good joke and he won't use it or he'll botch the delivery. But he just wants to know you think of him. You want to be present with him. That you want to hang out with him. That means more than you can ever fathom. And for some of us, we can show our, we can honor our parents by owning up to some things it's finally time to own up to. By saying, I'm sorry. With a heartfelt, sincere apology. For what? I don't know, but you do. You might be thinking of that thing now, and it might feel like a mountain to climb, but God makes a way. God makes a way. What would it look like to seek reconciliation? What could he do with that? Today, that is our takeaway. I encourage you, if possible, as far as it's up to you, as you are able, to somehow honor your parents. Somehow honor your parents today. And I'll model it. I will go first. My dad is here. My mom's at home with a cough. I am incredibly blessed to have my parents in this church. And I have been deeply blessed all 36 years of my life that you are my parents. Dad, Mom, I couldn't ask for better. You have loved me wonderfully. You've given me every opportunity. We never had the most money. We never had, you know, the nicest clothes. We did have the nicest shoes. <laughs> but I dare say our house, in my opinion, had the most love. You didn't do it perfectly. You know that. I know that. We have funny stories to tell about ways at Bosch. We have memories of you being grumpy before every vacation, Dad. And Mom, I won't give the details about the Cheerios, but you know what I'm talking about with those Cheerios. You didn't do it perfectly, but you pointed me to the perfect one. You sought to bring me to the feet of Jesus. You knew that's where I would find my belonging and my being. You gave me every opportunity a kid ever could need. So I honor you today. I love you. I appreciate you. You both mean the world to me. You're of my best friends. I love how you love my wife. I love how you love my kids. I love how you love this congregation. I honor both of you today. Thank you sincerely for everything. Honor your parents. Honor your parents. If they have gone, you can still honor your parents. This life is too hard to go with unresolved words and things within them. Do what you can as far as it's up to you to honor your parents 
today. Because as you honor your father and your mother, you'll have an incredible opportunity to also share the love of God. Our Father loves you with a perfect love. He is always with you, longing to draw you ever closer to Him. So today, how might you honor your parents? Let's honor God by honoring our parents as we follow the path to abundant life He has laid out for us in these commandments. They are the building blocks to life in his kingdom. So let's together endeavor to build our lives on the perfect love of our perfect heavenly Father. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. People of God, let's pray. Lord, we thank you in this moment for our parents. We say that knowing that they are not perfect. We say that knowing the whole experience that could mean for each of us. And yet, for some reason, you chose to place us under their care. We can't fathom to understand your ways, but we can look to your word and see that we need not question your goodness or your wisdom or your perfection. So we thank you, Lord, today for our parents, and we pray for your Spirit's power to help us honor them well, whatever that means, whatever that looks like. For God, that's just one small way you have called us to live our life for you. We thank you for these words, these Ten Commandments, these Ten life-giving words that draw us into a kingdom living it is our prayer that with this command and with all that we turn the focus back on you as we seek to honor you and to love you and to serve you. For there, there is none worthy of the highest praise but you alone. So we follow in the Jesus way. We look to you again and we follow in your posture of submission and surrender this day. Have our lives here and now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. Let's respond.